Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Okay, so let's get this straight, right? All right, so you figure it's 2021 right now. This is episode 221. And then, you know, the thing is we'll title it Nightmare Tales 2021. See how it all clicks? It like all really, really functions and flows well with itself. Like it's supposed to. And you see another thing is there's another movie review that landed here. And the folklore files are taken off pretty nice. So, you know, it's just really, really getting it because it is the Monster Fest. You get what I'm saying? And not only that, we're going to go ahead and push the Monster Fest here. On the show that started it all, because welcome to the JMS show here on K360 doing tonight welcome to the j-man show for episode 221 i'm your host j-man of course and indeed it very much is the monster fest and you know something back for 2021 it couldn't come at a better time because things have been crazy as of late man like i'm watching some real monster stuff going on on like any of these news networks now especially with all the stuff that's happening with the uh whole abortion this and that like i said i can go into that some other time and no i don't agree with that nonsense shoot i don't agree with a lot of things that these uh esteemed people of public service do these days and it's very very insulting and degrading to others just really ridiculous. But I hope, and that's why I make the Monster Fest here, for y'all to get away from that. We can face those monsters a little bit later. But for right now, though, for the next uh, 30 minutes or so, your asses belong to me. See what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know what? Like, I really love how the Monster Fest is going right now. Uh, combing through the old Universal lineup right now for, for a little bit. Like, you know, and I'm over here with the Abbott and Costello. I mean, I just... 
recently finished both where they meet Frankenstein and meet the Invisible Man. So, like, those are two very good classics. I do have to watch the one where they meet the mummy, and then I can go ahead and jump into the next one that's on the list, because we're going to be hanging out with someone that is a lot different than, you know, um, the big three. Matter of fact, he's somebody that actually did make it to, like, four different movies in his line. And, fortunately, I have those four movies. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about him for a while. He's called the Jinn. You know, Wishmaster. Now, that stuff was wild. Like, you know, the mo- the monkey's paw story, all gone wrong, and with a lots and lots of blood and insane stuff from the djinn. Because he gives you what you want, and he makes sure there's a price to it. And by the time you get to that third wish, man, Armageddon is upon us. Indeed. But hey, like I said, I'm going to get you guys all amped up and ready for that. And believe me, we got some reviews coming in, and, like, my whole thing is set. I think Alan's still working with his stuff, but, you know, we'll get to him soon enough. He wants to watch The Invisible Man with his brother. It's going to be kind of hard for us to do, considering what he's all about. And not only that, I kind of know The Invisible Man. Y'all met Alan before. I'm just me- <laughs> I'm just messing, just messing. All right, well, since it is the J-Man Show, and since I don't want to waste um, any time on you guys... With some of those circumstances. Remember the folklore stories I told you guys on Jams? That's going to be a feature soon. And you see, like, right now, I do have some nightmare tales for you guys. Now, where we last left off in a year ago, there was a particular story I did want to tell you guys. But this one right here, this caught my eye as I was really looking for things for tonight. So, let's go on ahead and read it. This one is called Always Leave a Note. A woman had been out shopping in her local town and was carrying several bags up the high street on her way home. As she stepped onto a pedestrian crossing, she got a shock instead of stopping a let's see instead of stopping to let her cross the road. A large black saloon shot past her with only inches to spare. She muttered under her breath and continued on her way. At the top of the hill, she sat at the bus stop to wait for the number 44 bus and saw a large car trying to maneuver into a small parking space at the side of the road with some difficulty. She realized that it was the same rude driver who had almost knocked her down earlier. After successfully parking the car into the gap, a large man wearing sunglasses got out of the vehicle and asked the lady if she could keep an eye on his car while she was waiting for the bus, as he didn't trust people in this town. She was taken aback by the request, but just smiled in response. A few minutes later, the elderly driver of the SUV that was parked behind the man's car returned to his vehicle. As he started the engine and prepared to move, the woman realized that he didn't have enough room to extricate his large car from the parking space. She could see what was about to happen, but it was really none of her business. The SUV launched into the rear corner of the parked saloon with a terrible metallic crunch before the driver panicked and accelerated onto the side of the road, scraping all the paint off one side of the car in the process. The old man got out of the SUV looking suitably sheepish. He said, I thought there was enough space, he exclaimed to the watching woman, shaking his head. I'll leave a note with my contact details. He went back to the car and returned with a notepad, wrote something, and left a page under the windshield wiper of the damaged vehicle. No sooner had he driven off than the other driver reappeared, his face turning red with rage when he saw the damage. He asked the woman if she had seen the car that caused it, but she explained that she didn't know much about cars. They all looked the same to her. However, she pointed out that the other driver did leave a note. The angry driver ripped it off the windshield and read it out loud. 
I'm only leaving this note because there is a lady watching me do it, sucker. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> We're off to a good start with this one. That was creepy, but it was funny, though. You know? It hits you in the right feels. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Here's one for you guys. This is called The Lodger. Hey, this is a special one for you Airbnb kind of people out there. I don't know if y'all still do that with the COVID, but then again, you probably do. <laughs> you just have to clean up a little bit better afterwards, right? Okay, so, The Lodger. You know that feeling sometimes you get when you sense that you've been watched in your own home? The sensation in the back of your head or visions of what might be behind the door or the shower curtain or a presence under your bed or in your wardrobe. Objects that show up in strange places. Sometimes it's not a figment of your imagination. A Japanese man had been noticing insignificant but odd happenings for several weeks. Food would disappear that he didn't remember eating. He heard strange noises in the night and never found the source. Possessions that would go missing and then mysteriously turn up again. At first, he thought that the individuals responsible for these strange going-ons might be burglars checking to see if there's anything worth stealing. So in order to get to the bottom of the mystery, he rigged up surveillance cameras that sent images to his mobile phone. Then he waited. The breakthrough came when he saw a woman on camera stealing food from the kitchen. He called the police, but she had disappeared by the time they arrived. Officers expected to find evidence of a burglary, but oddly, all of the doors and windows were locked out from the in inside. Nobody had broken in, and nobody had broken out. So how had the woman entered the house? They turned the building upside down and eventually cracked the case. They found her hiding in a cupboard where bedding was stored and realized that she had been living there for quite some time. The woman had moved in undetected one year previously when the owner had left the front door unlocked. She did not steal anything but food, and the officers described her as neat and clean, as she took regular showers in the man's bathroom while he was at work. He took pity on her and did not press charges, but he was left to wonder just how much of his private life this uninvited guest had been observing. Wow. So that just lets you know, don't leave the damn door open. As a matter of fact, I should go ahead and go on commercial break and close mine, but then again... Come as you are, folks. Oh, I've been itching for a good fight. I, anyway, <laughs> sometimes you know you really shouldn't ask for things because you might get it. And here I am trying to move. So, you know, little things like that. Anyway, this one is called Too Close for Comfort. A British teenage girl had started to receive messages from a boy who went to her school. It started off in a friendly manner. And she was flattered, but then the message became more intense, and the boy declared that he liked to keep watch on her, stated that he wanted to be the first thing she saw when she woke up. She didn't realize that he meant it literally. One night he sent her a text saying, I'm watching you. She found it so worrying that she slept in her mother's bedroom to feel safer than she would have done in her ground floor room. And then, just before she fell asleep, another text arrived, I'm in your house. She dismissed this as a dark joke. The next morning, she had forgotten about the boy and returned to her own room. She was chatting to a friend on the phone when she got the eerie feeling that somebody was watching her. She checked in the wardrobe and behind the doors and curtains, but there was nobody there. Perhaps she was imagining things. Then she noticed that the shoe boxes that usually lay neatly under her bed had been disturbed. And when she bent down to put them back, she saw that he really was watching her. He had been in her house all night. Ooh, oh, 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 man, you know something, those those people on Reddit, you know, the nice guys and nice girls of the world, 
you might want to be aware of exactly what you're live streaming out there because some people are very bold about their circumstances. I'm just letting you know. And we already had like two uh, home invasion based stories. It's very interesting, right? Mm. So be mindful of that and make sure you check every closet and cupboard you know because, hey, that free room and board is too too good to pass up. I'm just saying. Well, you know, I'm trying to lighten stuff up. Some of y'all are supposed to be going to bed and then go to work in the morning. Life's already creepy enough, right? Well, here's another one. Okay, so this one is called The Lick. Yeah, yeah, don't you worry about it. And I'm sure Marco over there is probably making a nice OnlyFans joke or something for, you know, State of the Art, which is a show that I'm on with him. But it's like, come on, man. (laughs) It ain't like that. Now, back to The Lick. A young college student her first year away from home was given a puppy by her parents to keep her company. They thought she might feel safer with the dog since she had trouble sleeping at the best of times. As the term progressed, she settled into a daily routine of letting the dog sleep under her bed where she could feel its presence by putting her hand over the side to be licked. One night she was drifting off to sleep where she heard a drip in the bathroom. She had got up to turn the tabs off and then returned to bed. Feeling the reassuring lick on her fingers, in the silence, she again heard the drip. She tried to ignore it, but she couldn't get to sleep, so she wearily got out of bed to see what was causing the noise. She tried all the taps, and then pulled back the shower curtain to see if that's where the dripping noise was come from. And there was her dog, hung in the shower, its blood dripping onto the floor, and a scrawled note attached to the collar. It said, humans can lick as well. Mm-mm-mm. That poor dog. You know, it pains me to see like a four-legged animal go through so much trouble and stuff at a certain time. You get what I'm saying? And right off the bat there, you're like, yeah. I mean, my rage at that kind of, you know, overrides the chill I kind of felt. But hey, as a battle-hardened warrior in these year 2021 times, uh, you know, <laughs> I have to carry on. Alright, this one's called Nuisance Caller. Lisa was watching TV during one of her regular babysitting jobs while the child Barney was asleep upstairs. She was messaging one of her friends on her phone about the program she was watching when a message from an unknown number popped up said, How is your evening going? It asked. Lisa assumed it was a friend she hadn't added to her contacts list yet, so she replied, I'm fine. Sorry, who are you? I can't remember. It's someone from your class who likes you. Lisa now had an idea that it might be a boy she had given her number to in class. It's Jeff, right? Yes, this is Jeff. How is the babysitting going? Lisa didn't think she had told anybody apart from her friends what she was up to that evening. How did you know I was babysitting? You told me about it. Don't you remember? She didn't. But it was possible that she had said something about it. Have you checked on the kid? He asked. She hadn't thought for a while, but she lied that she had. It was a weird thing to ask. She thought it could be one of her girlfriends was playing a trick on her, as they all like to do. She sent them messages to ask if they were mucking around and they all denied it, which got her worried. Have you checked on Barney? Came another message. This time she ignored it. Then she heard footsteps on the landing. And she slowly made her way to the hallway and looked upstairs. There was nobody there, and the child's bedroom was shut. Maybe Barney had gone in the bathroom. But then the house phone rang. She assumed that Barney's parents were calling, but she had heard another voice on the line. It's me, Jeff. 
You didn't answer me. Have you checked on the kid? He might be in danger, you know. This was not Jeff. It was a strange voice she didn't recognize, as if the caller was trying to disguise his identity. Lisa decided to call the police on her mobile, and they told her to stay on the line while they traced the call. Finally, the operator's voice came back on telling her to get out of the house immediately and wait for a police car to arrive. They had traced the call. It was coming from the upstairs extension. Lisa was terrified, but she couldn't leave the child upstairs on his own, so she inched her way up the stairs calling for him, saying that he could come down and watch TV if she wanted. There was no reply, but she didn't dare go any further. Then a man appeared at the top of the stairs, brandishing a gleaming knife and laughing crazily said, Lisa, you should have checked on the kid. Damn! Barney didn't make it. You you know something? Let me just say this. Barney gone. Alright? Like, like right off the bat, he, he got a haircut too close. He, he ain't coming back in the sequel, man. That's, that's it, you know? Like, right off the bat, I, I can just clearly say he didn't have a chance at all. <laughs> and you know, what a nice way to go about that, right? Doesn't take much. Hmm. Makes you wonder about Black Christmas, though, with Billy, doesn't it? I never forget it, man. That motherfucker, he was creepy. All right? For real, for real, for real. Agnes, it's me. Remember that? <laughs> hey, you know, actually, I did review that, right? So I really don't have to go through the motions of that film again. And, uh, yeah, just in case, Three Bloody Knuckles. It's a classic, but still. All right, so here's the thing. We got another one coming up, and it's called The Forest. A man was taking a walk through a forest on the edge of a small town in Japan. He wanted some fresh air and thought he would explore the area as he had just moved there. But there was an eerie feeling about the place. The forest was not far from a main road, but there was no sound of traffic. And the city and the tree canopy was so dense that it blocked out the light. He spotted a track leading off the main path and thought he saw something move, perhaps a deer. He approached it and slowly realized what he was looking at. A leg, an arm, and a bang, and a booted foot. Swinging slowly in the breeze was the body of a man, hanging from a branch above. He froze in terror until he realized that there was another body next to it, strung up in an identical way, with a terrible expression on his face. And as he was running back to town to get help, he tripped on something, and to his horror realized it was a bone, a large bone. He didn't hang around to find its owner, and hurried instead to the police station. The officers listened to his story weren't surprised as they expected. They explained that he had wandered into the suicide forest, a favorite place for people who chose to end their lives, which was rumored to be haunted by ancient ghosts of the dead. They didn't even know how many bodies were hidden in the trees, as so many people traveled from all around the country on a one-way trip. The day that the man had chosen for his walk had coincided with the end of the tax year in Japan, known to be the most popular time for people to visit the forest. There was even a sign put up by the local authorities in an effort to persuade people to think of their families and get help. Hadn't he seen it? The man replied that he hadn't and was shocked by how casual the officers were about the suicides. Then came the realization that those countless dead bodies were going to be his new neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know what? If I ever had something like that, I would know basically because of how cheap the area would be. And once again, you would think that the smell would get to you, though. All of the stank that would flow through the airs upon misty, misty nights. And then, you know, considering that this is the... 
Monster Fest, that, you know, that you would see that decaying and stank just flow right in there and clog up all the senses. It just, it, you know, you would know, right, after a while, especially if you got one dead body, you got two dead body, and then you got three dead body. Uh, sure, something. Actually, considering that people do uh, ferment after a while, wouldn't there be some fresh crops growing around it? You know what? <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this. But you know, hey, that's just me trying to make things light for you guys. After all, things are going to get a lot more crazier after a while. This one is called Don't Go Inside. A grand old building in a wealthy part of town in Hong Kong had been empty for decades. There had always been rumors that it was going to be a, turned into a luxury hotel or pulled down to build a new housing. But nothing ever happened and it remained unchanged. There were some who claimed that the invading soldiers had used it as a brothel during the war and that many people had died inside. It was registered to be a mysterious shell company based on an offshore island, so nobody really knew who owned it. But everyone who had grown up in the town knew that they didn't want to go inside. Police lore recorded that once, when officers had been called to the sounds of a disturbance, possibly caused by squatters, a small girl had emerged from the building brandishing a knife and attacked the officers as if she was possessed, and then disappeared. The local homeless people wouldn't go anywhere near the place. A group of girls who had met at the local school had heard all the stories and decided to check it out for themselves. They had dared each other to last a night in the mansion and upload anything they found onto the internet. They arrived at the forbidden place in high spirits, laughing and joking about what they may find. As they settled in for the night, it wasn't until after midnight that one of them asked the others about sounds she kept hearing. Couldn't they hear the voices from upstairs? They could. One of the girls plucked up the courage to go upstairs with a camera, which started to flash uncontrollably as she entered in an old bedroom, revealing something moving towards her across the room. She panicked and threw herself out the window. She survived, but was never the same again, and ended up in a mental hospital, where she still tried repeatedly to throw herself out of the window. One of the other girls picked up the camera, and when the others looked at the images, they screamed in horror, unable to believe what they were seeing. They decided to delete the pictures so that nobody else would ever come across them, and they promised never to talk about that building again. Mm-mm-mm. Whew. Man, I'm telling you. That's wild. Whew. Hey, uh, you all still okay? Y'all still with me on this? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's only the first J-Man show of the Monster Fest. I just figured I'd ask and see how y'all were doing tonight. If you need to have a change of pants, you can go on ahead. I totally understand. But, hey, we have another one. This one is called The Portrait. Online forums and social medias were awash with pictures of painting of a pretty young girl whose striking bright blue eyes looked out intensely. But most people who shared the image were not trying to look at it. It was said that the painting was a self-portrait that originated in Asia, the last act of a talented but tortured artist who had killed herself not long after her boyfriend had broken off their relationship. People said that the girl's face changed as soon as you looked at it, her soft eyes blackening and becoming crueler and colder. Some said that they saw the girl morph into pictures of themselves. The caption warned that everyone who had stared at the painting for more than 30 seconds had died the next time they fell asleep. And what the same thing would happen to anybody who didn't share the image with everybody on their friends list. Nobody knows if anyone actually died, 
but certainly a lot of people saw the terrifying painting. I wondered uh, if, if that painting is anything like what the Wendy's logo is based off of, because there is an actual picture of like Dave Thomas's daughter dressed as like, you, you know, the way she looks on the whole presentation. And I'm like this, that is one scary damn picture. It is like, she looks like she's horrified and everything. I'm, I'm like, no offense to, you know, Wendy Thomas, but I'm just saying like, Ooh, she, she really looked like she was going through it in that damn portrait. I'm just saying. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, there are some paintings that allegedly are creepy like this. And, you know, like, a lot of people say, um, you know, the Vincent Van Gogh one where he has his ear cut off. Like, there's something with that, too. And, um, I, I, you know, like, sometimes whenever I go to, like, art exhibits and stuff, I do take a look at those paintings and I see them staring right back at me. And it's like, you know, well, as you all should. But it's like, you know, there might be some truth to some of this stuff. Because I remember, like, over at, um, let's see, the Delaware Art Museum, there is a painting of the Flying Dutchman, and it's well done. It's it's a beautiful painting, but, like, you can just feel like you're right in there on the boat with them. And not to mention the three ghouls that followed them. You know, I was going to share that Flying Dutchman story with y'all tonight, but yo-ho-ho, we'll deal with that at another time. Now, this one is called Don't Open the Door. <laughs> a girl lived with friends in a house share while studying at university in northern England. And she was in on her own one Friday night. Her housemates had gone out to a party, but she didn't feel like joining them. She had joked the reports of a sex attacker preying on women in the local towns were putting her off leaving the house. While reading in the front room, she was scared by a sudden loud banging at the front door. Followed by what sounded like scratching, as if somebody was trying to get in. Then came a strange gurgling noise and heavy breathing, followed by complete silence. She was petrified and hid upstairs, away from the window. She waited for what seemed like hours and heard no more sounds, assuring herself that whoever it had been must have given up and gone away. She eventually fell asleep. But she was woke by some screaming. Her housemates had returned from their night out and were making the usual racket. She went downstairs to tell them to keep the noise down and saw that the front door was wide open. Her friends were standing around in the hallway looking cold and shocked. As she came down, one asked, didn't you hear anything? Julia was sprawled on the steps with her throat cut. She had returned to the house earlier in the night to collect her purse and had been followed by someone. She had been attacked and left to die. The noises at the door was Julia trying to get her housemate's attention. Ooh. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's somebody out there could be asking for help. And that is the wildest thing that you've ever seen. Me thinks. Okay, look, I'm trying to lively that up. I, how can you? I mean, like, the woman is gashed. I mean, you, you know... Like, um, what, what can I do? Play some doom sounds or say like, you know, hey, it'll never happen to you. You know, you live in a very safe space and nothing's, nothing's ever going to happen. Don't believe him. Oh, see, that's inappropriate. Anyway, back to this. The jigsaw puzzle. An elderly lady lived in an old stone cottage in the middle of the moors in Devon. She had been on her own for 20 years since her husband had died. And to become stubborn and set in her ways. She refused to join the modern world and had no television. And her radio had broken long ago. There was one thing that she enjoyed doing after her walks on the moors. Jigsaw puzzles. 
On her rare trips into town, she would buy as many as she could afford and then sit in front of the fire every night until one was completed. One winter, the weather had been so bad that the bus in the town had been unable to get onto the moors, so the woman eventually ran out of puzzles. She tried to make each one last as long as, puzzle, as possible, but she couldn't help finishing them. When she had placed the last piece on the last puzzle, there was nothing else to do but go to bed. After she was mounting the stairs, she heard something fall through the letterbox. It gave her a shock as it was too late for the post to arrive. She poked her head out of the front door into the cold night, but there was nobody there. And when she went back inside, she found an oblong parcel wrapped in brown paper, which made a noise when she shook it. Curiously, she took, tore off the wrapping. It was a jigsaw puzzle, but there was no picture on the front. She racked her brain as to who might have sent it, but she couldn't think of anyone. And as she no longer felt sleepy, she settled down at the kitchen table to work on the puzzle. It was a tough one, with no picture to refer to, and most of the pieces were dark and unremarkable. She persevered, however, and by the early hours, she was getting somewhere. And then something strange began to happen. She realized that the picture emerging in front of her eyes looked just like her very own cottage. At first, she thought it was a coincidence, but with every piece she put in place, the picture became eerier. The ornaments on the mantelpiece, the picture of her husband it was all too close for comfort something told her to stop to leave the puzzle unfinished but she kept finding places for the remaining pieces and then the woman herself started to appear in the picture sitting at the kitchen table pouring over a jigsaw she no longer knew if she was dreaming or awake but still she couldn't stop and soon the picture was almost completed the only hole left was where the window of her cottage should be. Her hands trembled as they hovered over the remaining few pieces, moving as if they were of their own accord. One by one, the pieces found their place, revealing a man in the window, looking straight at her. As she placed the final piece, she saw the knife. And the last thing she heard was the sound of the window opening. True to form. Hey, art imitates life, right? Now, that's wicked. You know, uh, speaking of which, um, I, I wonder if there is actually a circumstance where that could happen to somebody. You know? Like, to build a scene like that? Hmm. Things to think about sometimes. But you know, the crazy thing is, is that when people really put themselves in these kind of kind of crazy situations, but you know, you gotta figure this... Most of this stuff is folklore. It's not going to entirely happen to you. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You know? I would like to say. And I'd like to let you know that. <laughs> but hey, guess what? You know, as I sit here now, I try to think about like other stuff that goes on in Delaware. Because Delaware is one of the original 13 colonies. And as it is one of the original 13 colonies, I want to say like... There are some urban legends here, too. Now, I remember last year I was telling you guys about, like, what goes on at the Green. And uh, the Green is one of the most dangerous areas in Delaware, which I would never suggest anybody to go to. But, um, allegedly there is, like, this, these, there's these graves there where, like, there was this very vile judge was buried at. But, you see, the thing is, as I try to look up information on it, you know, nothing's telling me anything. So I might have to go to the local public library on that <laughs> and talk to one of the um talk to one of the old ladies that work there. See what they know cuz they know a lot. <clears throat> <laughs> you know. 
And then I do know, like, uh, dare I say it, but over at the Great Cypress Swamp, down there in the southern parts of Delaware, pretty much our own version of, like, um, the swamps in Florida. We, we got Cypress Swamp. We don't need any more. Uh, well, actually, we do. It's called Slaughter Beach, but that's a different story for a different time. But, you see, uh, mm, yeah, the Cypress Swamp, a dangerous area. And to be honest with you, I think there is something that lives out there. I think there is some sort of creature somewhere swimming around in the depths, eventually coming out to eat something. And you see at the same time, he doesn't necessarily, well, or she, whatever. I didn't take the time to look between the legs. That creature is floating around out there and doesn't really need to hunt and haunt like you would think. All that that creature would need is a giant rainstorm to occur because there's no gate railings or anything to keep you from being swallowed up in the swamp. And it pulls you right in. And then as it does pull you right in, hopefully you got enough sense or somebody to help you get out. Or enough four-wheel drive to get that gunction moving because you're going to be stuck there for a while. Mm-hmm. You see, as I go about it, and I let you guys know these things, I'm sure you guys have some pretty haunted tales and some interesting stories to, you know, to go ahead and throw about. And indeed, like, you know, it's it's fun to talk about this stuff, especially during, you know, Monster Fest season. And yeah, there ain't no lightning for that right now. <laughs> but yeah, as I look at this kind of stuff, guys, you know, I think that's enough of me scaring the living hell out of you guys right now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, maybe one more, you know what I mean? One more to go ahead and soften the palate. Now, I might have read this one, but, uh, you know, you guys are brave enough. Y'all can take it. This one's called Frightening Food. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going, I'm going after how you eat now. All right. A woman was driving home from work and was late to pick up her children from her strange husband. She knew that they would be hungry, but there would be no time to cook anything, so she pulled in through a drive-thru Mexican fast food outlet and hurriedly ordered her usual batch of burritos. When she got home, the kids devoted, devoured the food without a second thought. But one of them complained that it tastes funny. The mother told her not to be fussy and that it would be wasteful to not finish what she was given. The next morning, all of the children and their mother had terrible stomach ache, and, that's, and she later picked them up from school. They were all complaining of pain in their gums. When the symptoms did not ease and their gums began to bleed, they visited the family dentist who delivered some shocking news. The family were displaying the first signs of a cockroach infestation. The insect eggs had burrowed into the gaps between their teeth and their gums and were growing inside their mouths. The likely culprit was the fast food. It turned out that the Food Standards Authority had recently shut the restaurant down because of their terrible hygiene record. There were rats in the deep fryers and insects in the refrigerators. Well, the woman did not realize that some of the restaurant's employees had reopened the drive-thru to make some extra money without the boss knowing. With no rules, the kitchen had become dirtier than ever. When the Food Standards Authority raided the premises, they found one of the worst cockroach infestations they ever had seen, and the restaurant was never allowed to reopen. Woo. Well, that's brutal, too. But I also remember I did read this one last year, and I'm going to tell you this. You can tell this one is just a story, because um, there is no way that with all this stuff going on, that the Food and Drug Administration would allow this place to even stay open. You know what I'm saying? Well, or to reopen up. Not without, you know, not without a nice health check. 
And not only that, to make sure like where the meat and all that stuff is coming into. But then again, if it's a privately owned company, maybe there's ways around that. Maybe there's ways to actually twist things a little bit. Either way, be mindful of what you eat. But, you know, you would think that if you ate a cockroach, though, you know, some cultures eat cockroaches. And it's protein. Like, you know, Timon and Pumbaa weren't entirely wrong. It's slimy yet satisfying. And you're probably asking, uh, Jay, would you eat a roach? Hey, if it's the last thing here, and I put barbecue sauce on that stuff, you won't hold it against me, will you? <laughs> Just a thought. But hey, guys, you know, right off the bat, that's the last one for right now. I think we got a big event on our hands. And we got more stuff coming for you guys later in the week. Matter of fact, though, I hope that I don't keep you guys up too much with that because we had some pretty good uh, chillers tonight. So here's the thing. What we're going to do is, let's see, there's nothing happening. Well, actually, no. State of the art's happening. I'm recording that tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Mm. Nope, nothing's happening on Thursday, so you get time to relax and, you know, come back together. But come back on Friday, because I'll be doing the first ever J360 Hangouts panel with um, some great esteemed guests here. And we're going to be discussing some more horror elements. And, you know, it'll be a pretty fun live show, for a change. <laughs> oh, God, I said for a change. <laughs> but it'll be a fun live show, and trust me, it'll be well worth the wait. But I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard tonight. I'll catch you guys later with some more stuff. The Monster Fest. A little late on that one, but it's all good. We'll continue. And, you know, we have a big thing happening for you guys. But until then, though, this is J-Man signing off. You guys take care of yourselves. And until we meet up on Friday, peace.